All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. You're watching Leafs Morning Take with host Nick Alberga and former NHLer Jay Rosen. The show starts now. Presented by Batano, it's time for the Friday edition of Leafs Morning Take. And uh, Nick Alberga with you on location here at Edmonton. Playing hurt, playing injured from last night. And Jay Rosen's up uh, his neck of the woods. What's going on, Rosie? Are you playing guilty today, Nicholas? Did you go have some fun last night in Edmonton? I wouldn't say it's guilt. I'll be honest, Jay. Um, feeling great about life. I wouldn't say it's guilt. Uh, I, I'll tell you, maybe it was more of a, a celebration because the Leafs actually won a hockey game last night. How about that? Hey, that's reason to celebrate, man. They pulled one together. I like it. I like it. We're in a good mood. But I tell you, the conversation in this market, it's like the Edmonton Oilers are never going to lose another game again. It's it's, And I wonder if they peak too early, right? I think the Leafs have this thing figured out where it's like, let's get cooking at the end of the year. We saw the Florida Panthers, and then we go on a roll into the playoffs, right? Well, that was a quick flip-flop. Just one one, one barely win off out of the Calgary Flames, and we're back on track to having her figured out. I like it. Yeah, that that's the the feelings. So uh, as mentioned throughout the week here on the podcast, we're getting set to head up to uh, Jasper over the weekend. I believe it's like a four-hour drive here from Edmonton. We're playing in a pond hockey tournament. Are you, 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 you pumped for this? You ready or what? I am. It's just uh, it's just set in here. I'm going to go meet Pinder and those uh, DFO, Frank, the Barnburner boys, the DFO boys. They're going to I'm going to be riding with the enemy out to uh, Jasper, but it's starting to sink in. This is happening. I'm getting excited, uh, dusting off the wheels, figuring out what gloves I got to bring you a visor to protect those pretty eyes. And yeah, I'm just trying to figure out what uh, what the uh, what the setup's going to be out there, but I'm excited for sure. Anybody in the chat who's played like beer league hockey, please pipe in. Like I wanted to wear my birdcage. I took it off for you because I think some <laughs> pictures are going to be involved. It's more so I don't trust other people and I'm also shit at hockey. So you throw that combination together on a pond outdoors and Ty, your M truck showed me last year. He took a puck right in the face. I know something's going to happen. Like I'm going to knock on wood. Hopefully it doesn't. And on top of that, I paid a lot of money to get laser eye like a decade ago. I feel yeah. like I'm asking for it. That's all I'm saying. Hey, I'm not chirping you for wearing a visor. I should wear one too. 
the more thing I'm more concerned about is uh, uh, these babies. I got yeah. like, I got five, five implants and posts and crowns and all that bullshit. So, uh, I don't know. I'm still not going to wear a mouth guard. I don't know. I'm just going to chance it out there and just, I'll just play uh, Mitch Marner hockey, just kind of perimeter type stuff and not get into the dirty areas. I'm sure I'll be fine. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. Just no. kidding. No, you know, it's funny. I got a couple texts last night. It's Mitch Marner playing tonight. <laughs> he he wasn't at his best against the Calgary Flames, but last, last thought on, what? Yeah, no, I was going to say last thought on Jasper. I, I think it's kind of funny that you're taking a ride with our first opponent. We're playing Flames Nation coming up, I guess, at uh, six mountain time. I want you to set a tone in that vehicle. I don't want a word said. I told Ryan Pinder already. I want to fucking dance him off the draw. Like I want to set a tone for this entire tournament. Let everybody know we're there and we're there for keeps and we're there to win, right? I'm just going to get in the back of the car, tell them to move their seats forward. I'm going to lean back, put my earphones in and not say a word to these pigeons because it's warden night, baby. I, I was hoping Sarah Volley would actually to respond to one of my tweets. I said, I can't wait to snap it around with you on uh, Lake Mildred tomorrow. Just nothing. He didn't? Nothing. Oh, wow. He's playing hardball. That'd piss you off even more. Make sure you go after him hard. That That's a, that's a matchup I'd like to see. Oh, Frankie's on Frank. our team, Rosie. Frankie's on our team. Oh, shit. I forgot about that. Frank is a good guy. Good guy. He's a hell of a player. We're going to be. Yeah, we're, we're not going to talk, talk smack about our teammates, but Frankie's on I a forgot. team. We're on, a, we're on team like DFO slash Leafs Nation. So it's me, you. I think Adam Seaborn from Playmaker is going to be in the mix, too. And, uh, I, we're playing for keeps. That's all I'll say. Like, I know I didn't bring knee pads or elbow pads or anything, but like, I'm there for keeps. Like, I'm pumped for this. I like it too, man. It's going to be fun. I mean, wait till you see, you've never been to Jasper. Wait till you see oh. the backdrop of these ponds and these rinks, man. It is world-class. Um, can't wait to, uh, to see it and to play in it and people that can watch along, make sure you check it out. Cause it's uh it's world-class beauty up there in Jasper, Alberta. Looking forward to it at the Leafs Nation 401. Uh, if you're watching or listening right now and want to subscribe to our YouTube page at the Leafs Nation 401, Leafs Morning Take, wherever you find your podcasts as well. And uh, we'll, we deliver this show on a daily basis at 11 a.m. Eastern time. A lot of great guests coming up in the next couple of weeks as we get closer and closer um, to the All-Star break. And lots of big plans ahead for that. Rosie and I will be together, I think, for one of the very first times in person, I think it's going to be our third or fourth time now with this weekend included. So looking forward to the content we could put out for that weekend brought to you by DoorDash. It's time for the appetizer for a limited time. Our listeners can get 25% off up to $10 in value and zero delivery fees in their first order of $15 or more. When you download the DoorDash app at your code nation 25, that's code nation 25 uppercase 25% off your first order with DoorDash offer valid in Canada subject to change. Terms apply. So uh, the Maple Leafs get a much needed victory. And by far the biggest story is like, and I tweeted this out. Where is this team this season without Austin Matthews, man? Like the guy just, and I, I talked about it in a piece on the leafsnation.com earlier this week, where it had to be the big boys who took this out, took them out of this little hole that they're in. And Austin Matthews goes out there, uh, records a hat trick and they win a four, three hockey. game. like that, that you could just sense watching that game, even listening. It's like, it was so important and to come out with that victory was huge. Yeah, it really was. There's, there's one guy you can't knock, you know, he is paid to put that puck in the net and God damn it. Does he put the puck in oh. the net? And, you know, my brother was at the game last night and he doesn't watch or follow the Leafs all that hard. He, uh, he chirps off a bunch and we go back and forth, but I said, how about Matthews? And he said, Oh my God, is that guy a horse? Like just an incredible talent, his shot, 
I mean, that, that goal there, um, like between the legs and then that release to pick the corner doesn't like, I just don't get how the pucks rolling or bad ice or sticks are on him or what angle his hips are at. He just wires that thing like in a tennis ball sized hole that the goaltender gives him, And he doesn't even have time to look at where that is. It's just, it's an incredible talent that he has. And yeah, where this team would be without him, I don't know. But um, when you got a guy like him who can single-handedly win games, he he did that. I don't think he's the only reason, but he's the obvious reason why they won last night. But there's some other things that I thought they did well as, uh, as well. And they're going to start calling him MV Poppy. Like, I just think the knack for the dramatics. And again, they needed a big-time performance, and they need goals right now. I don't think – like, Martin Jones was fine, but again – they almost tie the game. They almost blow another lead. Like, it's crazy. The margin for error is razor thin in this league where today we almost have to come in and talk about another blown lead. Of course, it's an excellent call by the video staff, and we're going to get to that. But I think when you look at Matthews, like, if he wasn't in the Hart Trophy conversation, he is now. Just more so the importance of the goals that he scored this season and the, the fact that he's got four hotties on the air. Like, you're right, man. He just makes scoring goals, like, way too easy. Like, I think anybody who's played the game at any level realizes it is hard to score a goal. And just the fact that nobody, no teams, no goalie has an answer for Austin Matthews is just remarkable. And again, I've said this so many times, Rosie, on this podcast, like you almost have to pinch yourself watching this guy play. And I think comprehend you're watching, we're watching greatness right now. That's all I can say. Yeah, it's generational talent. It really is. I mean, he's on a better start than Ovechkin. And and we're talking about Ovechkin maybe beating Gretzky's record that we didn't think we'd ever even speak of. So it's on a level that that you don't see very often at all, um, the way he's doing it. I mean, he's just got those those that flair for, for doing things in a big way. I mean, his first game in the NHL, he has four goals. Like who does that? Nobody does that. And you know, the amount of hat tricks he get and, and, and when he's hot, he's hot. And you know, it's, it's, it's not fair the way that he will get, you know, criticized if he's not doing it for like three games in a row. And it's not fair because the amount he produces, you need to, to be able to, uh, to give him his lead and then let him do his thing out there because he does it as a, at a level that no one really in the history of the game, very few have been capable of doing. And, and like you say, he is, he is the heart and soul of this team right now. And if he can find a way to, to have those dramatics and have that flair in the playoffs, that's exactly what a player of his caliber needs to do. And, and players of his caliber, even less so have done in the past. So that's the next step for Austin Matthews. And I think the thing, obviously, that sets him apart, too, is, like, he can do it with whoever. Like, uh, you know, Pontus Holmberg picks up another yeah. apple. Like, there's been so many variations of lines, and we talk about that a lot on this podcast. It does not matter to Austin Matthews. Like, he's an elite company where he can drive the play no matter who's on. Like, I think Noah Gregor was on with, uh, you know, one of the goals. Like, it, it really doesn't matter. And to me, I think you look at all the great players in the league. They create offense for themselves, and I think, obviously, Matthews is on that short list. Yeah, you certainly can't look at him and say, oh, well, if he didn't play with so-and-so, would he be yeah. as good of a player, which you can do with other players throughout sure. the league. And and guys do lose their wingman, and and all of a sudden they're not the same guy. And Austin Matthews is certainly not that. I mean, you know, his one goal there last night, Noah Gregor basically flubs the puck. It's basically yeah. a turnover, and he gets just to whack it behind Austin's ass. So what does he do? Goes through the legs, splits the D-man, loads it up in stride and absolutely fucking wires at top corner. Like it's, it's grotesque, man, what this guy can do. Talent out the ears. And uh, yeah, like I said, he, he, he has a flair for the dramatics. Like the other night he goes up to Edmonton, Connor McDavid versus Austin. Everyone's talking about first 28 seconds, 
boom, wires one, no, no problem. And, and then has a, an outing like he did yesterday against the flames and literally led them to victory after a, you know, a big slide that they went on their worst of the year, you know, the sky's falling of course. And we were part of that and rightfully so it was ugly and he writes the ship all by himself. And that's what you need your leaders to do. How are you feeling in the first period, because watching the game the way I was here in Edmonton, I'm like, man, they, like Sheldon Keefe's lost them. And again, you give credit to Austin Matthews for saying, hey, this is not happening tonight. We're not losing this hockey game. Scores late in the first and gets cooking in a big way later on in the hockey game. Like he could have had four or five goals. That's how good Austin Matthews was uh, on Thursday. But I had the general feel in the first, what, 15, 16 minutes of the game before Matthews gave them life where it's like this this could be a long night and this could be it for Sheldon Keefe. Like we're at a point where I think, I think the watch has to be on. Like I'm seeing some of the symptoms of losing a coach right now, but I think again, they deserve a lot of credit, man. They rallied, they pulled through and it's not a worry until the weekend again. Right. Yeah, that's true. And I don't know, for some reason I, I wasn't quite panicking. I, I just felt like they are a little bit better playing behind the eight ball than they are playing with the lead. And to me, that game, the difference in that game to me was they played um, simpler, more sound, more um, cautious, smarter hockey where you keep the ball to you keep the puck to the boards um you get it deep you don't force the the low percentage plays you don't fancy it up and you know once they got that lead and they needed to protect it they've been so terrible at protecting their leads and keeping their leads and it's because they don't play smart man they like sometimes you just got to go glassing out sometimes you just got to dump it when it's, you know, a two on two situation and go get it. So you can't always make the cross team plays. And like a guy like Mitch Marner, why I rag on him so time so much is because he's the opposite of that player. He wants to thread that needle through the, the shin pads and under the stick through the triangle onto the guy's tape. And, and he's like, no, I'm that player. I can make those plays because I have in the past. And it's like, that's fine. But a coach's biggest problem is like, getting a team to to understand a system of play when it's needed to be played and and I've been part of many teams where it's like guys we need to play simple we need to get the puck deep keep it to the the high percentage areas don't turn the puck over like turnovers are our absolute nemesis and you know sometimes teams do it and it's just you wear the team down you you have enough firepower on your offense you can get a lead and then you switch your mindset and start wearing that team down frustrating them they can't enter their zone with control they can't get puck possession. I mean, when you have that lead, puck possession is everything. Limiting chances is everything. Limiting control of the other team and their, you know, their wave that they're going to bring is everything. And this team has just not subscribed to that in the past. They they play their loop and shoot hockey. They go through the middle. They stretch themselves out. And it's like, and other teams take advantage of it. In that league, turnovers go in the back of your net so fast. You know, transition is everything, and they just haven't been able to get on board. And last night, I found that they were chipping it off the glass. They were dumping it deep. You know, you had that play where maybe you can go through traffic. Fuck it. We've got the lead. Let's go wide with this thing and keep it safe because you don't need to risk it. And maybe they've learned their lesson over the last four games of blowing leads saying, well, no matter how talented we are, this doesn't work. And it's always the talented players that are the last ones to subscribe to that because they're saying, no, I'm not going to dump it. I'm not going to chip it. I'm a high-skilled player. I'm top 10 in scoring. I'm leading the, the race to this, that, or the other thing. And they say, no, I'm paid to do this. Or I need a new contract by putting points on the board. So I'm not going to change my style of play. I'm not going to have this coach say, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to limit your creativity and handcuff you. Those guys hate that. 
But when you're a smart player and you're playing as part of a team, good teams, good players understand that you need to modify your style of play to play for what's going on in the game. And a big thing in that is playing with the lead. And maybe these guys have maybe figured it out a little bit. I know they were behind the eight ball and had to come back in the game. But where it was real, when the game was tight to me, they they shored up their, their style of play and stopped making these bonehead plays, leaving their defensemen out to dry. And that's everything about this team. And when you're as high-powered, high-octane offense as the Toronto Maple Leafs is, I think it's going to take a while for that to set in. But I hope they learned a lesson there and said, wow, we can get the lead with our with our with our offense, but we need to be able to play with the lead. And holy smokes, have they ever struggled with that so far? But like I said, maybe they've turned a leaf here because I saw a difference in their play last night and it was it was all positive. Simplify the game, I think, is what you're looking for. And I think uh, your assessment was bad. Can I have said it that quickly and easily, maybe? I could have just said that. (laughs) I was going to say I was ready to shut it down and for you just to do the rest of the pod. You went on like a five-minute monologue there. But I I think the the, the point's well taken, man. The point's well taken. Simplifying the game is what we're looking for. I couldn't agree more. Just some of the shit they do is mind-boggling. I think we're giving this team a bit too much credit. I mean, it's one game. I'm still yeah. trying to figure out what the fuck Timothy Lilligren was doing in the third period. I've never seen that. He catches the puck, holds on to the puck, turns around, and like, I got a penalty. it behind his back. And that was a big that was a, a big moment in the game, too. Like the Leafs killed that penalty. But that, like, that, that's the shit you just don't do. Like it was weird to me. Yeah, it just shows panic. I mean, ah. he's out there. He, the leads they've blown before. It's uh, you do not want to leave that puck in a vulnerable position when you're flat-footed. So I get it, but just one of those bonehead plays. And whether he was at the end of his shift or not, I know that you're like when you're when you're sucking for oxygen, your your mind yeah. just goes blank, and it's yeah. it's an odd thing. And sometimes that stuff happens. But yeah, like you said, they they killed the penalty, and I just I think that you know it kind of dawned on me last night. That's this needs to be this team's MO is yeah, you're a high octane offense, but you're not, you're not just going to win games on, on that offense alone. It will be a huge piece of it by getting the leads that they're clearly capable of getting against all these teams. But if they can wrap their minds around protecting the lead and, and changing their style of play, once they have the lead, you can't just go throttle down all, all day long or, once the the lead is gotten, the other team's going to put their hammer down and and make their stake and and make their push, and you will give it back to them, which they have done over and over again. So if Sheldon Keefe can find a way to make them play as a unit defensively and smartly and and simply, once they have that lead, I mean that could be the key to them rattling off some actual wins here with the leads they're capable of getting. I know uh, TJ's given it to me a bit in the chat. Nick, you've set, never seen a player do that. It happens rare, but true. And, I, and it's fair. Again, I think fatigue was part of the equation there, but just the timeliness to make a play like that, set up a Calgary Flames power play that's been pretty good as of late. A bonehead move and a bonehead decision, and we've seen a lot of those lately. Rosie, I, I think you're giving this team too much credit. To think, like I don't want to be negative, Nancy, but like to think that all of a sudden they're like, simplify the game get it in deep with elite i just do not see that i think this team is is flawed they, they have their issues and i just can't see them flipping a switch and be like hey this is how you protect the lead in the nhl because again i think the underlying story which we haven't got to 20 minutes in calgary actually tied the game dude that was an epic video call like i think watching it in real time and this is why these guys are paid the big money never would have caught that but they caught coleman's uh, hand pass and they call the yeah. goal back. And I think credit to Toronto, they held on from there, but 
let's not lose sight of the fact they actually blew that lead. Then it came back. Yeah, I mean, a, a, a weird play. And I, I don't know. I was watching on my phone with no sound at that time. So I couldn't really wrap my head around what's going on. And I can't, the rules change a lot. It used to be no forward motion with your hand. Then at one point it was, you can't close your hand on the puck. And now I don't even know what it is, but I mean, that pretty much touch. I think it was Coleman's fingertips. Yeah, but and, I think it's the glove. at hand. If it hits, hits your hand at all and it goes to somebody, it's a hand pass, no? I, that, that's insane. It's never been that way. I, maybe it is now. I'm not saying yeah, I'm not sure, but if you're just along the wall and a guy chips it and it bounces off your glove to the demon, that's supposed that. to be blown down. That's fucking, that's not soccer, man. That's crazy. That's weird. I don't know, but it's certainly, <laughs> I'm not saying it's against, dude, the, the rules changed, man. That was not the rule when I played. I promise you it really? was, it's changed and been different. Oh. It, you, you can you used to be able to knock the puck out of the air and drop it at your feet. Yeah, you could do it to yourself, but if you do it to a teammate, it's a hand pass. That's what happens. I I guess. It's weird, and I'm not claiming I know everything about those rules. I get lost sometimes, but that doesn't seem like that's the norm where it touches a guy's fingertips and it's supposed to be blown down, but the rule is the rule. They did get it right. I'm sure of that, and all the naysayers, it has nothing to do with it being the Toronto Maple Leafs. The people that don't like the Leafs think they get every call, and the Leafs fans think they get dicked on every call. It's ridiculous. Every team has the same bullshit, and the Leafs have had that that exact call go against them. You know, I think it was against the coyotes where it completely screwed them from tying the game and getting back into it. So it goes both ways, but the rules are the rules when they go upstairs and go up to, you know, the league headquarters, they get it right because they can sit there in slow motion and, and figure it out. But yeah, they did technically quote unquote, give that, that lead away. And I'm not saying this team is healed and we're on a a roll, but I am saying, what is the problem with this team that is, one on one hand so good and on the other hand so bad there's got to be a commonality on how you can you know bring that that distance closer together so that your good can be good enough to win and to me it's yeah you're capable of getting the leads because they have so often and then what do you do when you have the lead clearly you don't change anything you keep playing gunslinging hockey which doesn't work in this league so if they can and I did see it last night you know them going glass and out and them getting it deep and not making the low percentage play it's all about that man every time you watch they're going oh god that was risky oh geez who's he going to there and it's like fuck man that's going to bite you in your in the ass and it does all the time with them giving up leads by making the wrong play where you need to have a little bit more puck protection out there even if you're a high caliber superstar you have to play smarter with the lead if you want to rattle off wins and hopefully they took a step towards that last night i'm not saying they're they're uh charging towards the stanley cup favorites now but little steps man and and those are big ones to take Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, I know Dave writes in, what am I missing? Why is there a brick wall behind Nick? If you missed the beginning part of the podcast, I am on location here at uh, Nation Network uh, headquarters in Edmonton. So they got the whole studio, the whole fancy setup. I have no more fire alarms. Dude, listening back to the show the other day, it just didn't stop. Uh, The fire drill happened for the full duration of the show. So I'm happy we've moved past that unless a fire alarm gets hit here while I do this podcast. (laughs) <laughs> I know I uh, I do a little of that on the side and I know what it's like with this weather and everything. Those alarms are going off nonstop, but I don't understand why they would test it for a full 45 minutes. It seems like once she's working, she's working, but uh, maybe that uh, Toronto fire department doesn't have things quite figured out yet. You're telling me, man, I had a very, very extensive conversation with the folks, the great folks in my building following that, uh, that podcast, but we got through it. Um, the Maple Leafs got through it. They're back on track. I think that's the positive note to draw. But again, I just feel like you're prolonging the inevitable. Like I, I Still don't negative Nancy. 
Dude, I, I just like a week ago, it's funny how th- the narrative can change so often in this market. But like two weeks ago, yeah. I came on We're this guilty. podcast. I'm like, they're, they're turning a corner. They're turning a corner. Then last week, you know, they puke all, all over themselves for like four straight games, bull leads left and right. I can't get fully back on board. Like it, it, it's a process. It's going to take a while. And even watching that game, like, again, I know Matthews is part of the team, but without him, they lose. Like, there's just not enough guys playing. Mm-hmm. Like, there, there's mm-hmm. not enough guys just doing much out there. And it scares me, man. Yeah, I mean, it is a process and they are not perfect. And we are learning about their warts that are still there. And like we said, their 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 good is very good in a certain dimension of like offense and their bad is very bad in, in this certain dimension of, of defense. And they have to merge those together. They have to make their good and their bad not be so far apart. And you do that by learning and by taking steps and by realizing it and by coming together as a 20 man unit, which isn't easy. It's the hard thing about hockey. It's, it's not tennis where just the best Roger Federer just wins every fucking tournament. It's, it's not an individual sport. It's hard to get everyone on the same page. They're, they're different positions, different style of plays. They come from different backgrounds and they have different mindsets. So to get everyone on the same page is the hardest thing to do. And it is the coach's job to do that. But as you play and as you learn and as you gain experience, you're supposed to learn and put those building blocks together towards being this this team that's got it figured out. And everybody in the league is trying to do that. So it doesn't just happen overnight. It just doesn't happen automatically. But when we're a show that breaks down day to day to day to day, yeah. you're going to have these ups and downs of they showed it last night. They weren't even close last night. And you're going to ride with the ebbs and flows of it. But you know, I'm going to give credit where credit's due. They they seem to have adjusted towards something last night, and it's still in the NHL. It's still the, the margins are razor thin, like you said. But in my mind, I'm going to give a positive shot to it to say, I saw something that I haven't seen in the last week and a half with how they protected their lead. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Producer Vic writes in, and rightfully so. I mean, it puts Calgary closer to being a seller, right? And Chris Tanev plays in that game, and I think there's no question who the number one target of this Maple Leafs team should be between now and March 8th, the trade deadline. It's Chris Tanev. I think watching him play, you're like, man, like that. He would just be a perfect guy on that Maple Leafs blue line. It would be nice. You know who really stood out to me is Hannafin. Oh, God, so he good. is yeah. so good, man. I'm watching him going, oh, just drooling over the way he positions himself, the way he handles the puck, but he's not going anywhere. Uh, but Tanev right there as well. He's, uh, you know, he's got the stuff that we're lacking. He could help out Morgan Riley on the back end. It just seems like Morgan Riley is all by himself out there unless McCabe is having a solid game, but you know, you can't put too much weight on McCabe's shoulders. You know, Benoit is like this, this standout guy that stepped up and, you know, made people realize, Oh, wow. wow, It's a great asset to have. But again, he's only going to take you so far. There's just a lot of holes and, and uh, you know, weaknesses on the back end that we need to shore up before we go into the playoffs. And yeah, I don't think it's a big secret out there that uh, Tanev is a target of the Toronto Maple Leafs. 
Hannafin's uh, wishful thinking, I mean, it sounds like the two sides are engaged once again. He is a uh, pending UFA as well for the Calgary Flames. Obviously, he would cost, uh, he would cost more than Chris Tanev, but like, I, I've been infatuated with that player for a while. Just the way he skates, uh, I think he's underrated offensively. I think he'd be a good fit on the Leafs, even though he shoots left, but I think it's wishful thinking. I, I think Tanev makes the most sense, but I don't sense that the Calgary Flames are any, in any rush to to make a decision on Tanev, and I think, unfortunately, for the Maple Leafs and, and their perspective, this is something that plays out closer to the deadline and the unfortunate nature that I think a lot of teams will be involved on Tanev. And rest assured, they, they better have some contingency plans in place because there's no foregone conclusion. Like, just because you want Tanev doesn't mean they're going to get him. And uh, the other thing, too, is like the Leafs don't want to give up a first rounder um, and they don't have a second rounder. So I, I, it becomes dicey, right? Yeah, it's funny. I mean, the the talk of uh, the talk on that four game skid amongst yeah. people in the business Most is: states. are they uh, are they even a buyer right now? Will they make the playoffs? Like, what a what a one eighty from you know the the first half of the season where you know what can they do to be contenders to make a run for the cup? And then you know they show some warts, and all of a sudden it's like, fuck, well, you can't be giving up anything. You should sell and you know protect your assets and good lord let me ask you so how confident i mean if the leafs get in it is very very likely you're playing the florida panthers in the first round of the playoffs are you just under the impression you get in there and hope for the best or do you have to be a realist if you're brad tree living and be like maybe this isn't the year to bulk up at the deadline because you see what's in front of you it's florida it's boston I do not like their chances against either one of those teams, most specifically Florida. I think Florida is an absolute wagon and the Leafs have not earned anything. I think this is similar to a couple of years ago, man, where it's like Kyle Dubas is like, you know what? They haven't played good enough to add and we're not really going to add. And I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, especially an organization who has to, who has to accrue some assets to, to go long-term here. I don't know. It's like a, it's an interesting question. I think if they continue to be like a, a middle feeding team the next little while, I think there's a serious question to be had there. Yeah, I mean, I understand your point, but I just I think their eggs are already in the basket of charging forward. They've given the extensions out. They've got the assets in place. They've moved players around. They've extended coaches, this, that and the other thing. They're ready to rock and roll. And um, I don't think they look ahead and go, "Ooh, well, uh, you know, Florida's. Yeah. All right. We're going to try to connect back with Rosie. I think the uh, the Internet pooped out on him, but uh, I think he made a good point there. I think honestly. That is the question that they're they're struggling with, but I think I think the fact that this team like they can't afford not to go for it, if that makes sense. Where I think you you look at the roster, you look at what they have in place, you look at the uh, the star level talent, like the the money they've paid, they can't not go for it. I think every year you have Austin Matthews, you have Nylander, you have Marner, and those types like you have to go for it every year. But I think a lot of people, Rosie, in the chat have asked like. Should they go after rentals, more rentals and rentals and rentals? Every year it's not working out, but I think the thing I would throw back at those people, it's like sometimes you just have to push through and sometimes you have to wish for the best. Like we often talk about on this podcast, there's hope. You know, they're hoping to win. But I think every year, I think you see every team, the Vegas Golden Knights, the Florida Panthers last year specifically, where it's like you get in and anything is possible, right? I mean, anything is possible when you get to the playoffs. I'm not a beaver in, well, just don't do anything or don't worry about it. Wait to the playoffs and you'll just turn it on. That doesn't happen that way. Um, I totally understand that. But I think that when your your eggs are in the basket of we're going to try here and we've got extensions in place and people and we've moved things around and we're going to add, you do that and see what happens. And I mean, 
if it kind of works out and you don't reach your ultimate goal, you, well, you can re-sign the guys that, that helped and shuffle other things around. You're not exactly at a loss. I understand, you know, if you're unloading first round picks and prospects left, right and center, but I just, I cannot see tree living going, well, you know, the Florida Panthers are yeah. pretty good. I think we're just going to kind of not make any moves and just shit our pants here. It's not in his DNA. It's not in the Maple Leafs plans. They're going to, they're going to go for it with what they have and they just need to figure out, you know, what their weaknesses are and address them. And in my mind, they have to change their mindset around how they play hockey games. And that to me is up to Sheldon Keefe. And hopefully they took a small steps towards that yesterday and learned from it. And we, we'll see in the future how they, how they adapt and overcome their warts and if they can rally around each other to get the right formula going. But I do not see them stepping back and saying, oh, we're not going to, we're not going to do anything this year. Shots on goal, GAA and PPG can make or break your week, but don't overlook BPMM. Wendy's is bacon, portobello, mushroom melt. Sure may not help you win weekly prizes with Wendy's and daily face-off fantasy, but unlike your predictions, it never disappoints. So try your luck, but don't push it because the bacon portobello mushroom melt is only back for a limited time. And if you miss it, you won't get a second chance. Sign up for daily face-off today, sponsored by Wendy's and the Wendy's app. Rosie, as we set up the weekend, a back-to-back, in Vancouver, then in Seattle to wrap up this four-game road trip. I have no clue. Again, it's it's worrisome. What's going to happen? Seattle's playing some excellent hockey, and the Vancouver Canucks are one of the elite teams in this league this year. It's going to be an uphill battle this weekend for the Maple Leafs. But again, measuring stick weekend. Really want to see what this team has here. Yeah, I hope so too. Uh, I mean, we've got kind of both sides of the coin here so far in Alberta. You get the lead against Edmonton and blow it. You go down two nothing against Calgary and you pull it off. So um, just about figuring their stuff out, finding the formula, finding the chemistry. I think they're figuring maybe lines out a little bit more and, you know, you got to pick up where you left off, let momentum take you through and, and be cognizant of, of what it feels like when you're playing well and what you're doing. And then also what you're doing when you're playing, playing poorly. Like I, I used to hate watching video and, you know, sometimes they'd use it as a punishment, like sit in this room, we're going to watch the whole goddamn game. And I'm going to rewind every piece of shit play and make sure that guy knows about it. And it's like, okay, buddy. But if Sheldon keeps smart, he's going to show them the differences in the same situation with the same players. This is what you're doing when it doesn't work. And this is what you're doing when it does work. And just try to find a commonality where everyone can get on the same page. And to me, that is that is protecting the puck and protecting your ass when you have a lead and not allowing teams to storm back on you. That is their biggest Achilles heel right now. They have the firepower, like I've said, to get those leads against premier teams. They've shown it all the time and it needs to be, it's a, it's a mental thing and a, a system thing and, you know, a commitment thing to get everyone on the same page to protecting those leads. And I mean, that's what you can do in the playoffs. You can't play this run and gun bullshit style in the playoffs. They've already proven that to themselves. So it's up to those guys in the room to figure that out. And, and, you know, it's another step against a worthy opponent there in Vancouver coming up. Official Nickel City Grunge writes in, you're making me hungry, love Wendy's. We love Wendy's as well. Freaky alarm. I swear to God, Mitch, you better start skating. That is the infamous clip of a, a, a mic'd up Paul Marner talking to a young Mitch Marner. Um, but I, I think this needs to be a team type of effort. Again, Austin Matthews is the the reason, the biggest reason why they beat the Calgary Flames. But across the board, they just need more. Like I, I'm so down right now on Tyler Bertuzzi and Max Stomi and, the depth pieces just haven't been good enough. And 
every year they want to have this conversation, Rosie. It's like, let's steer away. Let's stop talking about the core four. But the, when you pay those guys that much money and the other guys are not producing the way you want them to, that that's why we always talk about the core four, right? Yeah, totally. And it's, it's tough because I mean, people are getting on tree living, calling him a, like, like the, the moves he made, I think everyone, even the naysayers said, Hmm, nice, nice additions. And it's after that fact, it's not up to tree living to get them to play. It's up to Keefe. So all mm-hmm. the GM does is put names on paper, good names on paper, valuable names on paper. That's what he did. The way, the way that Bertuzzi isn't playing himself how was Tree Living supposed to know that? You can only you only work with what you have. You look at Tyler Bertuzzi at the time of signing, he was a great addition and he still is a good player, but he's just not playing himself. His confidence seems to be low. He seems to be snake bitten, like missing kind of, you know, premier opportunities, not just putting the puck away, hitting the posts, not getting the second whack at it when it's available. It's just not going his way. And you know, that's hockey sometimes, man. Sometimes pucks are going in off your shin pads and everything's going right for you. And sometimes you can't do a damn thing right. It certainly seems to be a pattern where people come into the Toronto market and their game just disappears. Um, it's difficult to play in that jersey for that market. And there's a lot of different reasons for that. But, you know, he's got to find his way out. But in my mind, it's just, you know, Domi isn't what really as advertised maybe he's not quite as good and and threatening as I thought he was but the additions on paper looked very good and I still think that from what tree living had to work with and what he pulled off he he did a great job and it just hasn't been put together on the ice and that's not tree living's fault to me if it's anyone's fault it's the player's fault but it's the job of the coach to get those guys to work together with their surroundings and with certain players, those depth pieces that you want more from, which could certainly help out a lot of these problems they have, they just haven't quite been there. Man, phase two in the uh, Sammy plan this weekend, coming back from waivers, he's going to start one of these games. It's going to be, I would think, the Seattle game, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I would agree. Um, yeah, Jones has been solid for us. You know, has his hiccups, but every single goalie does it. I mean, when we when we watch as as under such a microscope like we do, you pick apart every little goal. Oh, he, he made a mistake there. Well, you fucking let in two or three goals like everybody does. Like, go find a game where a guy plays without one of those. It's, it's a shutout, and it's a handful of times in a season where a goalie plays that well. So it's not fair. He's been solid, but you want to you want to give Sammy the other shot. Last time he came back and, you know, had the weight of the world on his shoulders. I thought it was make or break for Sammy, and he played quite solid, like as solid as we've seen him play all year. That's all you can ask from him. They blew a lead and didn't pull it off again, but, you know, it's another test for him to actually say, I'm good. Let me let me run with this. I'm I potentially can be your goalie again. And it's another big pressure outing for him if he gets thrown in there. And I agree with you. I think it'll be against uh, Seattle. Yeah. But uh, pressure cooker for Sammy right now. His uh, his future with the Maple Leafs is kind of on the line with every start he gets, and he needs to show it one way or the other what direction he's headed. And I don't know about you. Like I was talking to a buddy last night, like during the game, and then after the game. I still feel like the Leafs need to go out there and get a bona fide stud netminder if it's UC Soros or, or do something. Maybe I should rephrase, do something goaltending-wise because I think it's an unfair expectation. Joseph Wall coming off a pretty serious injury to recover from is going to come back in there and be the saving grace. Like I think you're putting a lot of pressure, and I understand this is the National League, but it's expectation that I don't think should be there right now considering these small sample size 
of Joseph Wall in the NHL. Like, I just do not feel great about this team's crease right now. I'll say it. Yeah, to me, the priority is the defense and the back yeah. end. Um, I mean, you only have so many, you can only pull off so many trades. You only have so many assets to work. Um, I don't know, like, is is moving like a, a Tyler Bertuzzi out to a different, I mean, you know how guys can change markets and environments yeah. and then boom, they're back to them old selves. Is, is moving one of those pieces that, that isn't clicking right now, is that an option or do we just have to unload all our prospects and and draft picks and, and whatnot? I think, I don't think it's realistic to, to get our defensemen to the point where we're talking about them needing to be and getting a premier goaltender. I mean, those are not a dime a dozen. So I think it's difficult. And I don't know. I think the bed that they're in right now, I mean, Martin Jones has done some pretty solid things. He's gone deep in the playoffs. He's done serious things. And when I understand that the San Jose Sharks bought him out and stuff, but he plays, he plays well when he's got a team in front of him that is, is giving him a chance. And, you know, with Joseph Wall, I think that he has a very, very bright future in this game. And they're going to heal up that ankle. And it should no longer be an issue with a young kid like him. It's healed. It's done. It's, it's in the back of his mind now. It's, it's, it's not an issue. But I just think they got to they gotta pick one. I don't think they can shore it all up at the deadline. That would be an absolute miracle work by by tree living and I understand what you're saying I just I think the focus has got to be on the back end right now or or I don't think they're they're gonna go much in playoffs whether they get a goaltender or not yeah maybe it's just I don't believe in Martin Jones as much as some people I I think he's been okay for x amount of games and the games he's won it's been been against really really bad teams like I there's some warts on this guy man we're seeing we're seeing some cracks some of the goals he's surrendered the last little while he's made some good saves even like One. the four goal that got called back. Like, what the fuck was that? Like the dry settle goal. I know people in Edmonton are like, what a shot by dry settle. That goal, that's demoralizing, dude. And, and and it's unfortunate. It's Toronto. In the last decade, we all have seen those go, goals and go in specifically when it matters most. And, that, and that's what scares me. I, I think it's insane. And I know you tweeted this out the other day. I'm not putting it on you. But like to think that Martin Jones could be the guy that they they – they rely on in the Stanley cup playoffs, man. It's like, you're not see it happening. I could see it happening. I could see him I being know, the guy they go to and I could see him flourishing and him not being the problem. But, uh, you know, is that the situation that they drew up on the whiteboard at the beginning of the season? No, of course not. But he's a much better goaltender than I think anyone gave him credit for in the off season. And when you look at his career, you're like, Jesus, when he's had any kind of a team in front of him, he's, he's been damn good. And I think he's shown he's damn good. uh, You know, considering how often he gets left out to dry and how often they leave guys open and, and he has to try to bail them out. You can't do that all night long. Nobody can, not even the greats can really do that. And you know, I, I, when he's playing well, I'm, I just look at a goaltender and I, I isolate the goaltender during play and I'm going, you know, you can tell a guy who's looking for and can't quite find, like can't quite yeah. predict where the play is going. And he's always trying to find it. And he's kind of scrambling. He doesn't know if he's too far out or too far back in. He's looking for his post and he's changing his position all the time. Like Jones does the opposite of that when he's on, like the majority of the time when he's playing, he's very poised. He's very calm. He's in position. His angles are good. And yeah, you could go grab a goals that are scored against him and say, well, what about this one? Well, fuck every goalie in the world has got times where he gets scored on. I, I yeah. just don't see him being the problem that we need to sell the farm to address. I just see it in other areas, but uh, you know, <laughs> this team's not perfect. And there's a lot of things that every team in the league would love to fucking change and shore up and get a premier anything in that position, but it's just not that easy. 
Sean Wright said, Nick, you're lost concerning Jones. He's played stellar. You're totally biased. He's among top seven in all stats. Okay. Suck it, Nick. How do you like them apples, baby? But, um, I hope I hope for for this team it works out with Martin Jones. I think he's done his job and then some. He's been a great addition, but I think there's warts there, and I think over time you will see it. Um, nevertheless, like I, I think the thing I'm getting at is like the team. It would be great if like a Leafs goalie just went on an impeccable run into the playoffs, like a Bobrovsky or an Aiden Hill. I think that's what you're hoping for to an extent, right? Regardless of who it is, you want that type of outing in the playoffs. Like imagine this team. Again, they they struggle to score and find offense in the postseason. But am I, imagine this team riding the hot hand of a hot goalie, you know? It would be nice. It really would. I mean, if you get, you know, the the breakout performances that Austin Matthews capable of, you get rock solid goaltending where a guy is just stealing games on the other end. Say you can make some moves to really shore up and solidify your back end. Say the forwards, you know, figure out their their game and what the what the MO is out there with, you know, Sheldon Keefe's system or a, or a philosophy of a team. And all of a sudden they're, you're back on track with what, what the, what the fans and the market expects out of this team. Right. And it, 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 we get shit for flip-flopping back and forth, but that's what they give us, man. Sometimes they show these signs of, Oh my God, this is a quality team. And then sometimes they're just like, out to lunch. So if you can put those pieces in place and yeah, I get a little bit of luck, like maybe a goaltender, either one, maybe Wolsey. I think a lot of the goaltending situation, you know, rides on, on Joseph wall and what he does when he comes back from, from injury. Like, does he, does he take another step forward? Is he ready or is he not ready? Is he has that injury, you know, you know, brought him a step back. Does he have to regain his confidence? Like, I'm not sure, but I do know that everything we've seen out of the kid shows that he's got incredible potential. But yeah, like you say, if some puzzle pieces fall together and other people that are naysayers of the Leafs would be laughing right now saying, oh yeah, if everything falls in place, you guys will be just fine. But that's what it takes. Like you say, an Aiden Hill comes out of fucking nowhere and wins a Stanley Cup. Like, who would have thought that? Yeah, but Rosie, I think the big thing with that, and I think it's a fair comparison, but like Toronto doesn't have that blue line that Vegas does. I mean, taking nothing away from Aiden Hill, but that system, pretty fucking good. When you compare it to Toronto, it's like, ugh, it's scary. Well, I agree, and that's why I say their number one priority should be figuring blue out line. their blue line. It's what's going to be their Achilles heel in the playoffs. I mean, all you can do is, you're, your eggs are already in the offense basket. You've got Austin Matthews yeah. signed up. Mitch Marner's on a deal that's, probably going to get extended and uh you know willie nylander just signed his ticket too so you've got you've already got that figured out quote unquote you've got that you've decided on so they're going to go after their their job is to score goals in the playoffs i know that's kind of been their heel but you got to expect them to do their job and then where are we thin well we're thin on the back end so take care of that and hope the pieces fall in place and see if you can make a run in the playoffs i mean that's all you can do, man. It's not magic. It's not It's not anything which way or the other. That's what you have to fix. And if you can make it happen and, and see what happens, it, it's sports, man. You can't predict yeah. anything. You can only look back and say, well, fuck, no one saw Aiden Hill. What was he, like the fourth string or something? Exactly. Yeah. Like shit happens out there and you got to do your best to put the pieces in place and, and, and trudge forward and hope for the best and see if you can go on a run like you say. Yeah, people in the chat mentioning uh, Matt Murray, but the other Matt Murray, who's with the Dallas Stars, are gonna. That would be hilarious if they they picked up Matt Murray from the Dallas Stars. And 
Axie Roster, another Matt Murray, who's uh, Robida Island right now, had crutches, and uh, it sounds like he's recovering uh, very well from the surgery he had. Imagine Matt Murray just showed up late in the season, too. That would be kind of comical. But, yes, those are the big league questions as we move forward in this season, the Maple Leafs, uh, goaltending, and more so specifically the back end. I, I, I agree with you. I think you you add at least one blue liner in a perfect world that's two, and I think you go from there and you hope for the best of the Stanley Cup playoffs. The games are going to get tight. You got to find a way to win two, one, three, one type hockey games. And uh, at this point, it is fair to question if the Leafs can do that. But again, there are just so many moving parts to this whole thing. Um, I just want to see growth and progression with this team. The Botano wrap up is presented by Botano.ca. The game starts now 19 plus. Please play responsibly. Anything you're playing over the weekend, uh, I think you have to hit another Matthews anytime goal against Vancouver. No, the guy's on fire. Yeah, I wonder what the juice would be on that because I think Vegas is uh, tired of that guy potting goals and then people <laughs> expecting him to do so. But uh, yeah, you could you could jump on him for sure. I don't know, man. It's it, it, like the Jekyll and Hyde thing makes it tough to bet on and the fact that yeah. the market is so big and, and there's so many people that the numbers are always juiced as well. It's like betting on Tiger Woods when he hasn't played in two years and he's like the betting favorite sure. just because everyone loves having money on him. Yeah. Um, it's tough to pick, but those little props for sure. Austin Matthews being hot. Um, you can either ride the hot hand or you can take like a Willie Nylander to, to break yeah. out and, and, and become himself again. And, you know, I got, I know he got a couple apples last night, but I, I think he's will he's wanting very much to be like, you know, spotlight on him again and say, see motherfuckers, you, you yeah. remember me? Like, don't think I shut her down because I signed a big ticket. I think he would like to do that as well. And, you know, lots of different plays, but I don't know. My, my focus is going to be on a different type of hockey this weekend, my man. Yeah, me too. I would love to see a couple of unders in those games against Vancouver and Seattle, respectively. And I'm with you on the Nylander train. I, I, he's playing really, really passive. And again, we'll, we'll get more into this conversation next week. But th- this ain't the Nylander we saw in the first 38 games. I don't know if it's the pressure, not feeling his best right now, but... I just want to see him drive play a bit more, but we'll leave the conversation at that, Rosie. Uh, We're looking forward to heading up to Jasper and hopefully we, uh, we come home with a dub on Sunday. Yeah, I think we're going to be recording a few things at different times and pumping them out there. So uh, keep, uh, keep your eyes peeled for what's coming out of Leafs nation here this weekend. It'll be a different look and there'll be some fun in games and maybe some uh, little stuff on the side as well. I think it's going to be fun, man. I'm excited. And I think if you're a fan of this show, Check it out. Support us. See what we're doing up there. I think it'll be a blast. Very well said. At the Leafs Nation 401, where you could subscribe on YouTube. Leafs Morning Take, wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll talk on Monday. Many thanks, producer Vic. Fantastic job. And got to give a shout out to my man, Aaron. Also playing injured. Came into the studio bright and early to set everything up for yours truly. So, uh, full system. Always, playing, yeah, always playing guilty, that guy. He is, oh, he is a permanent guilt guy. There's no doubt about it when it comes to producer Aaron. So thank you to everybody involved. And we'll have a full recap of the weekend Leafs and also our pond hockey tourney in Jasper. So we'll talk on Monday. Take care, everybody. Get out of that Edmonton zone. there.